But words had never been his medium. He would have to paint goodbye. This line is from the stunning novel Lust for Life written by Irving Stone and published in 1934 on the life of the brilliant post-impressionist painter Vincent van Gogh. Irving Stone's Lust for Life is a fictional account, but since it's based on the more than 700 letters written between van Gogh and his brother Theo, This book is the closest thing you'll get to a remarkably accurate account of his life. Hello my lovely listeners. Welcome to this episode of Forgotten Books, my podcast where I acquaint you with novels that were written long ago and which have been forgotten over the years. I am the greedy reader and as always I'm super thrilled to be with you guys. The book I have for you today is about a passionate dedicated artist who never got his due during his time but who is one of the most renowned artists today Vincent van Gogh i'm sure there'll be very few of you who haven't heard of this genius painter and for me this is one of the best books i have ever read and today i want to make an attempt to convey its beauty to each one of you and i hope that somewhere i'm at least a little bit successful in this because like i told you it's one of the best books i've read so uh, sometimes in my mind i picture places that will be ideal for reading i'm sure you too have seen pictures or you know nooks in friends houses uh, yeah that would make it just right for curling up with a book so today I'll tell you my ideal reading place for this book. Picture a cabin in the mountains. It's cold outside, but warm and cozy inside, with a fire in the fireplace and a cup of hot chocolate in your hands. There's a very well-worn rust-colored rug on the ground and thick blue curtains that shut out the world outside. I am curled up on a comfortable couch in front of the fireplace clutching my book and drinking my cocoa. And I am going into the world of Vincent van Gogh as told to us by Irving Stone. This novel is divided into 9 sections based on the places in van Gogh's life starting with London and ending with Auvergne in France. So Vincent's father was a Dutch Calvinist minister and he had a very strict and religious upbringing at home. And in his early 20s Vincent's family helped him secure a position with an art dealer in London. And in Van Gogh's case for a long time he really didn't know what he wanted to do with his life. So he kept trying different things. And he really never realized he was an artist at heart. So He's managing his job in London somehow doing all those things you know getting an income uh living in the midst of art and uh, all this is happening when suddenly he falls in love with somebody and uh, that person does not love him back so Vincent slides into depression after his heartbreak he finds comfort in religion 
and Vincent decides to become a Calvinist minister, just like his father. But he doesn't get through the qualifying exam. Since he's focused on becoming a man of God, Vincent goes as a missionary to a poor mining village in Belgium. And this is where Vincent van Gogh starts getting to know himself better, where he realizes that he's more an artist than a man of God. He's enraptured by the scenes and the colors that he sees around him. And he ignores his other duties and he's overcome by the deep desire to paint everything that he sees around him. The villagers initially see him as a madman because of his, you know, wild obsession with painting. But at the same time, Vincent is also a very humane person. Like I said, he feels everything very deeply. And he is genuinely moved by the plight of the poor miners. And he ends up giving away a lot, most of his salary to poor families. He later moves out of his comfortable heated residence and he gives it to a homeless person. So Vincent moves into a smaller hut. And well, Vincent is also very affected by the difficult life of miners. So he goes out of his way to help them and their families. He even tries to talking to the mining company, you know, to get their wages increased. But he's ineffective in bringing any change. By this time, Vincent's health is also affected by his activities and how he's neglected himself. Along with that, he suffers a major crisis of faith. He feels that he has been unable to better the miners' lives, you know, the purpose for which he had come there. The dereliction of his duties and his bizarre behavior infuriates the church on the other hand, and he is dismissed from his position. It's in this small village that Vincent van Gogh starts putting his whole self into his painting. Like I said before, he was fascinated by everything that he saw around him. Not only nature, but also the people, the miners and the families. And the miners even allowed Vincent to paint them within their homes. And that's the kind of acceptance he got from them. He loved trying to sketch them. And his drawings of that period are very raw. So his life is going on and like I said, he is dismissed by the church. So he has no income. He does not pay any attention to his health. And as a result of which, he falls terribly sick. And he reaches a stage where he is at his lowest with no clue about how to move forward, both in his art and in his life. And now we meet the most important person in Vincent's life, his brother Theo. Theo was a salesman at the art dealership in London and he has a keen eye for art. So he gets very successful at what he's doing. And one of the most significant aspects of Theo's personality is his love for his brother, his immense, unconditional love for his brother. And this is seen throughout the book. Theo feels a special connection to Vincent and he's extremely protective of this genius sibling of his who has never been understood the way he should be. So here are a couple of lines that uh, the author has said about Theo's bond with Vincent. Quote, Vincent had always been the most important person in the world to him, far more important than either his mother or father. Vincent had made his childhood sweet and good. 
he had forgotten that the last year in Paris. He ought never to forget it again. Life without Vincent was somehow incomplete for him. He felt that he was a part of Vincent and that Vincent was a part of him. Together, they had always understood the world. Alone, it baffled him. Unquote. So Theo realized early on that Vincent was like a child, supremely unsuited to deal with the world. So Theo takes on the responsibility of Vincent's welfare. And he was the most instrumental in encouraging Vincent to paint and explore the world of art. In fact, the entire narrative of this book rests on the bedrock of letters that Theo and Vincent wrote each other. Under Theo's influence, Vincent starts experimenting with watercolours and oil and Theo supports Vincent financially since Vincent is making almost no money. So Vincent moves back in with his parents for some time. Vincent is a person who leads a very nomadic life for the most part. But no matter where he is, he throws himself into his painting. It consumes him. So either his art or a matter of love is usually the reason why Vincent moves to different places. So he spends time at The Hague and the village of Newnan. Then he goes to Paris and he spends time with Theo. And it is in this time period in Paris that Vincent meets other magnificent painters like Lautrec, Surer, Rousseau, Cézanne and Gauguin. And he's captivated by the creations of other painters and how different all of them are. So here are a couple of lines which will tell you what he feels. Quote, The paintings that laughed at him merrily from the walls were like nothing he had ever seen or dreamed of. Gone were the flat, thin surfaces. Gone was the sentimental sobriety. Gone was the brown gravy in which Europe had been bathing its pictures for centuries. Here were pictures riotously mad with the sun, with light and air and throbbing vivacity. Paintings of ballet girls backstage done in primitive reds, greens and blues thrown next to each other irreverently. He looked at the signature. Tuga. Unquote. Vincent is awestruck by what his fellow painters have created. And then he sees the work of Monet. Okay, again I'm going to, I'm going to tell you some of the lines here. Because I just cannot uh, convey to you the beauty that is there. And what happens in Vincent's mind. Because I feel that you should know what Irving Stone has written about this. It affected me so much. So, quote. In all the hundreds of canvases that Vincent had seen, there was not as much luminosity, breadth and fragrance as in one of these glowing pictures. The darkest colour Monet used was a dozen times lighter than the lightest colour to be found in all the museums of Holland. The brushwork stood out. Unashamed, every stroke apparent, every stroke entering into the rhythm of nature. The surface was thick, deep, palpitant with heavy globs of ripe, rich paint. Unquote. So that is what Vincent sees and that is what Vincent feels when he sees the work of Monet. 
again this is what he concludes from all that he has seen in paris court but these new men they had discovered the air they had discovered light and breath atmosphere and sun they saw things filtered through all the innumerable forces that live in that vibrant fluid vincent realized that painting could never be the same again unquote so that is the effect that all these magnificent painters had on vincent when he saw them and he saw their works of art and he's overawed and consumed by all that he has seen and then he moves to alz and alz is another place in france and vincent needs to get away from everything in paris the chaos the people the colors the paints everything he needs time to himself he needed time to think he needed time for his art you know in the context of all that he had newly discovered so alz is a place that captivated him with its beauty and again i'll read a short excerpt from the book about this place coat but it was the color of the countryside that made him run a hand over his bewildered eyes the sky was so intensely blue such a hard relentless profound blue that it was not blue at all it was utterly colorless the green of the fields that stretched below him was the essence of the color green gone mad the burning lemon yellow of the sun the blood red of the soil the crying whiteness of the lone cloud over montmajor the ever reborn rose of the orchards such colorings were incredible how could he paint them how could he ever make anyone believe that they existed even if he could transfer them to his palette lemon blue green red rose nature run rampant in five torturing shades of expression unquote i have often wondered at the shades of color that artists use you know the sky they draw is more fantastical than what we perceive but somehow it seems magnificent when we see how they have portrayed it so this book opened my eyes it made me aware of so many things it made me change the way i saw the world around me vincent sees the sky and the earth in its minutest detail and he helped me look afresh at the world here's one more excerpt okay i'm sorry for bringing so many excerpts but I'm telling you this is a book that you have to read and if I have to read so many excerpts I will read it as long as you guys get to read it okay so yeah so here's an here's another thing about how Vincent uh, you know starts painting in alls coat Vincent set up his easel drew a long breath and shut his eyes no man could catch such colorings with his eyes open there fell away from him sura's talk about scientific pointillism gogan's harangues about primitive decorativeness cezanne's appearances beneath solid surfaces lotrick's lines of color and lines of splenic hatred there remained only vincent unquote and vincent goes into a frenzy of painting in alls he painted throughout the day spending countless hours under the blinding sun he didn't eat properly or look after himself he was lost in this urge to create more and more again some more lines quote the desire to succeed had left vincent 
he worked because he had to because it kept him from suffering too much mentally because it distracted his mind he could do without a wife a home and children he could do without love and friendship and health he could do without security comfort and food he could do even do without god but he could not do without something which was greater than himself which was his life the power and ability to create unquote so while in alls he drives himself into so much of a frenzy and he you know neglects his health so much that he has a complete nervous breakdown from which he is unable to recover fast and then he voluntarily commits himself to the insane asylum in saint remy but even here he could not stop painting he is not allowed to go out of the asylum until his recovery is complete so he paints from memory and after his stint at saint remy vincent moves to his final abode in over by this time vincent has been emotionally battered by all that has happened to him so far and the way he is treated by the art world he remains depressed and racked by guilt for the burden he had become on theo theo in the meantime had married had a child to support and life was not easy for him to supporting vincent was becoming very difficult so vincent in the meantime worried incessantly about his own future and he gets fixated on his survival if something should happen to theo and vincent knows that he has epileptic fits and some day it might render him incapable of being normal and he knows that would only increase the burden on theo vincent finally tries to take his own life as always theo rushes to his side the ending is heartbreaking the story of vincent van gogh and his brother theo and this insane genius that vincent van gogh was no i felt that vincent was a tortured soul forever at odds with what he thought the world wanted from him and who he truly was he knew that his parents wanted him to secure a job that would give him a standing in society and financial security you know the way he approached painting was not the way of the painters of that time while painters like monet and sura were creating visually appealing art vincent was drawing the peasants miners ordinary people as they were and he was conflicted by his inability to create art that sells but this was mainly because he felt that he was becoming a burden on theo his brother but at the same time he created so many works of art in his unique style uh, vincent van gogh was a was an artist who whose paintings did not sell while he was alive uh, he was not considered a very successful artist at that time but he did not let that stop him he just painted and painted and painted he tried out different things he painted what he saw he painted what touched him he just did not stop painting and that kind of a uh, dedication and commitment and love for what you're doing i just cannot even imagine it you know there has been a lot of speculation about vincent van gogh's state of mind and whether he suffered from any psychological ailments and irving stone in this book takes us into vincent's mind and he shows us the intense emotions that vincent felt 
how extremely sensitive he was and how he was being torn apart by the demands of his art unfortunately while van gogh was alive he did not get anything remotely close to the immense attention that came his way after his death and uh, more than a biography i feel this book is an attempt to understand the complex link between art and the artist what art does to an artist and the tortured journey of this particular artist while creating his art Irving Stone has done a fantastic job of presenting to us the vortex that is Vincent van Gogh's life and we as readers are sucked right into it and that my lovely lovely listeners was the forgotten book of today i know i have not been able to convey even a little bit of what this book says or rather i hope i have been able to convey at least 10% of the beauty of this book it is magnificent it's stunning i don't know i need to you know find out more adjectives for this book because it's beautiful and for all creators i feel this book will speak to you for everybody i mean for everybody but i think creators go through everything like vincent does more intensely uh, this is a wonderful book to read and okay and now we come to the uh, book recommendation of the week and if you liked what i said about lust for life by owing stone then i think you will like the book i have for you today the book is madam tussaud by michel moran as the name suggests this book takes an in-depth look at the life of madam tussaud and her legacy of creating art out of wax Uh, all of you must have heard about Tussauds, Madame Tussauds, wax museums all across the world. So here in this book, Michel Moran takes a look. It's a fictional account again, based heavily on what has happened. So we see Madame Tussauds' life over five years, what she achieves, and also the state of the French monarchy during the tumultuous time. I'm sure this will be a very interesting read for you. So do check out Madame Tussauds by Michel Moran if you liked the book of today. This I feel has been quite a lengthy episode. And yet I feel I have done justice to the book. So if you guys get a chance to read Lust for Life by Irving Stone, I would be the happiest person. So that's all for today my beautiful listeners who have been patient enough to sit through this episode. Thank you so much. Go back to your lives, but spare a thought. for the amazing human being that van gogh was and how much he was dedicated to his art google his name google his art and you will be stunned by the beauty of it carry the colors of his paintings with you have him in your mind have him in your life just think about it think about all that he has done and think about all the beautiful beautiful creations that he has made all the lovely colors he has brought together till we meet again next week with another forgotten book This is me the greedy reader wishing you all a lovely day ahead bye bye